This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, you guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yet another another episode of Temple of Hope. This this uh, week's episode, we have a special guest, somebody who I have, let's say, had a couple aggressive discussions with on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, my boy? It's Kings, bro. Kings, what's going on with you, bro? Yeah, we we doing good out here, man. We doing good. Yeah, man. Just uh, I'm fine. I had to get you on. I, I was saving you for the. Uh, for the for the Lakers Clippers match, but I know you've been on that heavy off season. I wanted I wanted to stay you for that, but I've been wanting to have you on for for a few weeks now. But I'm glad you're here, and let's get this let's get this show going, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so we just saw Lakers pretty much handle the Rockets easily. I mean, after after game one, they weren't really pushed. Um, they adjusted pretty pretty well to whatever the Rockets were doing. Um, there was some discussion about whether they should play big or small. Me and you were both right. saying they should play small. Uh, they made that full switch the last two games, and it was just the Rockets really had no chance. Like they made no a couple chance. runs, but just no really no opportunity really to win a game. So just tell me what you thought about the series and what you know, just everything you thought. Yeah, you know, I saw Tim's uh, thoughts on, on going big, and you know, it, it made I, I got his logic, but you know, you know, me playing competitive hoop, I know you can't com- play competitive hoop. The logic they were using for two bigs was that, okay, you funnel Hardy into the rim protection and it'll disrupt his floaters. But I had an issue with that because, for me, that was basically – you were basically admitting that you were just going to let him go to the paint. Right. Like, basically, you basically just admitted that we can't stay in front and we're just going to let him go to the paint. At at that point, you're like, you're playing from behind because, like, you're basically saying we can't stop you, so we're going to take away your floaters since we can't stop you going to the paint. And I was just like, bro, if he's going to do that – at some point, he knows the help is going to be there. He's going to either look at the film or something and be like, "Okay, I know you're helping. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to skip it to whoever you just helped off of." Like you're just you're just putting yourself in a bad spot, already conceding that ground. So my thought process was this: if you're going double hearted anyway, you want to be small because you want to be fast. You want to be able right, to rotate. You right, have guys right. who have speed who are going to be able to fly out of the floor, and that's exactly what the Lakers did. They went small and they had guys flying rotating like like it was like it was beautiful to watch man you know I had to give Vogel my props I'm like that defense was excellent they were really rotating they're really on the string they knew where Harden spots were they knew where all the shooter spots were and they just and they were just flying every every time from Rondo to Caruso to KCP to Kuz Morris everybody was just flying because they they analyzed the film broke down the film knew what any all of the Houston's movements where they were going to be and they just, you know, they they got after it. And uh, I think I talked to one of the one of my dudes on time, like Be Free. Uh, we were just talking about, you know, that, you know, if Vogel makes one adjustment, you know, MDA don't adjust, it'll be a game over. And Vogel yeah, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
But we did make that adjustment, and it was it was curtains. I mean, they went four straight because we knew MDA was not going to adjust. He was going to stick with with what he did. You saw it. I mean, Lakers knew everything they were doing. That at that point, just Houston just had to hit prayer threes and get <laughs> prayer shot, and those shots and get drives in. Like they just had to hoop because like they, there's nothing they could do from a scheme advantage that was going to surprise or you know get the Lakers off guard because Lakers already knew everything they were doing so at that point Houston was just playing from behind at that point and you know one of the things I don't understand people are thinking is like when you say small ball like Houston starts at six seven center Anthony Davis is a center like right that's what I was saying Anthony Davis is that he doesn't want to play his natural position Anthony Davis is a center LeBron James at this stage in his career is really a power forward and like LeBron James at the four has been a cheat code since the Miami days like (laughs) LeBron James' true ultimate position is the four. He's Draymond Green on roids who can actually score. And you know what I mean? So it's like LeBron James is a true four. And then uh, the sneaky move that they do was they, they played uh, Markeith, who is ambiguous. I mean, he's a true – he can guard three to five. I mean, he's been he huge. Guard big. He's been huge. He played great. Yeah. He can guard the four. He can guard the big. He can guard the, the wing. And he – Stretch stretches the floor. That's the key thing that we've always talked about all year. We know AD and Bron are best with space. And Vogel, I got to give it to him. I mean, when, when Bron said what he said in game one, there's no space. <laughs> they took that to heart, and they really made the adjustments. And, you, I mean, you can't be mad. They can't be mad at what the Lakers did. They, they listened. I mean, they listened. They went over the film. They did everything you wanted to ask. The players were, were, uh, were enjoying it. I mean, McGee and Dwight Howard didn't power at all. They were into every game, being great teammates. So, I mean, that chemistry stuff that we heard all season, I was kind of bagging on. I'm like, man, fuck that. You know, we want talent over chemistry. But the chemistry, man, is paying off, man. It's really paying off. They're on a stream. They're on one accord. They know where everywhere needs to be. And, you know, hey, they, they bet on themselves. They bet on the chemistry. They bet on playoff Rondo, and they were right. So, I mean, this yeah, is what you got. What I got to say is, yeah, just one thing, just uh, – they got Keith off a of buyout for yeah. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just little moves like that, I think, just kind yeah. of inching them closer to that to that championship goal. Uh, Rondo, the the three games been mostly damn good in the, in the three games we saw him play. So I'm I'm you know I have no complaints about anything. And a couple like moments of loss, but that's a playoff series that happens ups and downs. But they yeah. kept focused pretty much to most of the series, and you can't really be mad at that, especially in the second round of playoffs. Supposed to get harder, and they still knocking teams out in five games. I can't be mad at that. Right, dominating, dominating the game. Since you know, we you know, we're, I'm a Laker fan. You support the Lakers, get your boy Brown. But let, let's talk about the Rockets for a little bit. You mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, D'Antoni refused to adjust again. Everybody knows he's going to do what he does. If you adjust to it, he has no counterpunch. That's been his complaint for him as a coach since he's been in Phoenix. Um, what What do you think? What, what's What's next for them? Like, what do you think they have to do? And they cap strapped the. Uh, I think they made a huge blunder capitulating to, to, to James Harden, who didn't want to play with Chris Paul anymore. They downgraded right. severely at the point guard position. Russell Westbrook, I think he's the highest-paid player in the league <laughs> almost because he got that MVP Supermax. Yeah. He's got – it's like three years left. He's not aging well, as you can see. 40, 43 million a year, three yeah. years left, man. What do you think they need to do? I'm, 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 I'm to tear it down stage. They got to – Look at trading everybody, Harden included. <laughs> yeah. So where, where, where are you with what the Rockets need to do? I mean, everybody knows me on Twitter. I've been I've been pro tear everything down, man. Trade everybody. <laughs> trade everybody because first of all, your owner is you know for quote unquote billionaire terms, your owner is broke. He's not trying to pay no luxury tax, so you better just trade everybody at this point. I mean, that when they did that trade for us, I was like, man, that was awful. Because in my opinion, like had they just kept CP3 and just 
kept those draft picks and improved the margins. Like let's say they kept CP3, and they and that and then the draft pick they get Roko, and then they use the other draft pick instead of trading for us, they get Marcus Morris. Right. Okay. Now yeah. you have Marcus Morris, Roko, Tucker, CP3. You know all those guys, and then Harden. It's like your team is way better now. You know now we're mm-hmm. thinking ah you might be the favorites. You know what I'm saying? Like you got you know. You, you, you're looking dangerous because you got the CP3 who can create for everybody, who can play off Harden too because he can shoot and he can shoot the midi so he can be your closer. If you know if Harden's not the closer, he's going to be the guy who goes off script and gets something in the mid-range. So it's like they went from that to one of the worst playoff players, man. Russell Westbrook is one of the worst playoff players I've, like, I've seen. bro. Like historically, this, yes, historically. Like statistically, statistically, facts. Just the drop, the drop off, and this is a guy I liked when he was younger. But as he gotten older, he's just—I feel like he's just gotten more enabled to do the bad stuff he should have got rid of when he was younger. I feel like he tried to play more under control as he when he was younger because he was young, so he kind of minimized some of the stuff he was doing. But as he got older, I just noticed the habits just get worse, and like he just feels like he needs to do certain things that he shouldn't be doing. He does it way more often now, and it's a real problem. But um, so yeah, when they did that, I was like, yeah, this is a first round exit. And I was calling all year. I was like, man, okay, so you going to knock him out because Chris Barber won. We were this man. close. We were this, this close, close. man, this close. Like, I wasn't even happy that the Lakers went five. I wanted the Rockets, OKC. I wanted that swagger. I was ready to put them all in the pack if OKC took that trade and they beat them. I was ready to put them on the pack because I knew that I knew that trade was terrible. Yeah. So now if you're the Rockets now, you just got to blow everything up. You got to trade Harden. You got to trade Westbrook. Look, if they put Harden on the block, everybody's going to come knock calling their phone. I don't care. Look, we talk about Harden as fans. Every single team that has cash space will call them for James Harden tomorrow. Ask them how many picks you want. Because, you know. I, was, I, was saying, I, I, I make jokes about it. It's like, but he fits in Golden State. I was telling that today, too. The, the, to, today, too, on Twitter, I was like, man, if you if you get Harden, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty dangerous, bro. Like, that's like, what I said, yeah. If I'm looking, if I have a draft pick, if I have draft capital, and I want to compete now, I'm look, I'm calling them. I'm like, hey, who, what you want for Harden, bro? <laughs> like, what you want for Harden? Because that's look, man. He, we know he can't be the guy, but theoretically speaking, on paper with his skill set, you pair him up with with, with certain uh, type of ca- uh, dudes on your team. Yeah, you have a you have a championship team, bro. Like, right, 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 right. You have a championship team. You just need a different type of structure, team structure that doesn't enable him to do all the you know the BS he be doing all year. You need a better structure for him to play more discipline. But if he play a disciplined Harden, that's a dangerous player. Yeah. You know. I, yeah, I, you talked about. I saw you talked about the the Laker defense. I think you know Laker defense was excellent. By the way, I, yeah, they, yeah. but I'm saying Harden made it so much easier because. He doesn't move. Like, he would get that initial trap, whether it was at the left, top, or the right. And once he gave the ball up, he would just stand there and take himself out of play. And I was like, you're making it. The Lakers are already a great defensive team. Right. If you're not going to move. That just makes it exponentially worse on your offense. And you can see those those dry spells they went through, he just wouldn't score for like four or five minutes because he just – the trap would come, I'm going to give it up. Okay, I, and it just, just happened. So I was like, he's got to learn to play off ball, man, and it's tough because – I know him and Mikhail went through it. Mikhail wasn't a great coach, but he at least tried to make Harden, you know, do something different than, okay, I'm going to give you the ball and have you ISO 40 times a game. But man, <laughs> Mikhail was bold, man. He put Harden on the bench on that comeback in game. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying so. That boy. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, it's, 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 it's tough, man. So, But it's tough. He's had so much individual success playing that way. It's going to be hard for a coach to come in and convince him, like, okay, we need to do, to do this to win, even if your numbers go down just a little bit. 
we got to try something new because it's not working in the playoffs. So, yeah, I don't know. It's really going to be up to him. I think the only yeah, up to him, up to him. Yeah, I think the only coaching staff that have the culture and the leadership in place to do that is Miami or Golden State. I think those mm-hmm. are the only two places where the coaching staff, the players in place, the, from the coach to the front office, will all be on the same page to be like, Harden, you need to stop doing this. Yeah. Like, they will all tell him that because they have that type of structure and they have that type of confidence in what they've already established and they have the previous success to prove that they don't need to listen to whatever James Harden is telling them <laughs> because they have rings and he doesn't. So, you know, he needs that type of, you know, he needs that type of environment but it goes down to, and I think Biggs was was was, was hilarious because he was crying on Twitter. He's like, "Man, I feel like I care about you, your legacies more than, than y'all do." And it's like, you do, honestly, you do, you do care about it more than they do because some of these dudes just they just don't care. Like they really just don't care. Like you said, he's gotten his numbers, he's gotten his MVP. I mean, he averaged thirty six points a game to him. He's like, "Man, forget all that all ball stuff. I'm getting numbers, man." Right. That's <laughs> I'm getting numbers out here in the NBA. Like, I'm that guy. I'm that boy. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, like you heard his comments after the game. He's like, we're one piece away. I'm like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, he's like, like I, I mean, at this point, it's going to be a gut check for Harden. Uh, I don't know. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm looking to trade Russ and Harden, like, ASAP, and I'm rebuilding because, mm-hmm. like, you're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go nowhere next year. It's only gonna be worse. Golden State's gonna be bad. Golden State has a trade exemption. They got number two draft pick. They go like, right, like adding like, a player. They're adding a player. Like Marby's saying on Twitter, you know, they we, they getting somebody. You know what <laughs> I mean? They're gonna get somebody. There's somebody's gonna. You know, like I said, like somebody was in my mansion saying that you know Golden State has Wiggins. You don't play this. I'm like, bro. First of all. You know, Wiggins is still young. He still can be molded. Number two, they're, they're going to get some. This is not going to be their roster next year. Right. They're going to improve. They have capital. They're going to get better. So you can't go into the mindset that they're going to just keep the same team with Curry and Clay. No, there's going to be more pieces to the puzzle that's going to be added. So when you add them to the mix, it's like, man, look, if I'm the if I'm the broke-ass owner, I'm not trying to pay luxury tax to get bounced <laughs> in the first round, man. I would know COVID crap crunch too. That COVID cap crunch coming yeah, too. Man. And a COVID cap crunch like, look, I'm training all of you. I'm getting my draft picks back, and we're gonna rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna start from scratch. Yeah. So, so all right, then we got that down. That was we on the same page with that. It's time to let that let that Maury ball go. So moving on to the to the other Western Conference uh, matchup left. We were supposed to be breaking down Lakers Clippers, but you know, yeah. the Clippers fell asleep again for like the fifth yeah. time in this playoffs. <laughs> it's crazy with that team, man. Um, they up 16 early. Looked like it was over. The Denver, to their credit, Denver never gave up. They kept never fighting. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm not a huge Jamal Murray fan just aesthetically, but I can't deny what he's done in these playoffs. Just the moments he's had, you can't, I can't deny that. MPJ, he made them got those controversial right. comments of the press. He backed it up. He the biggest shot of the season. The biggest shot. Jokers just did what Jokers does offensively. He's just he's tough to. That's one of the best offensive centers in the game. I think him and AD when he's at the five are the two best. Offensive centers. Um, I don't think Denver. I think the Clippers closed it out. They just made it tougher on themselves. Right. Um, I just uh, where where are you with that series before we get into what might be next? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have the Clippers winning tomorrow. I said before the series was going to go six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was telling somebody. I mean, I'll say this: the Clippers are very fortunate. Will Barton is not playing the series because they would have probably inadvertently made this go seven games if they were playing Will Barton because they have the advantage of. 
got overplayed Grant. You can pick on MPJ here and there. And, you know, if Millsap is looking bad, you can't really just pull him because, you know, it's not much depth you got to replace him with. But if, Bill, if Will Barton was there, a lot of these players who um, on the Nuggets who you see is like, man, why is this guy in the game? They wouldn't be in the game. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm, like, I'm thinking like uh, – uh, it's Monte Morris and one other cat, that toy Craig. Yeah, right? and then Craig, yeah, yeah Craig, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Craig Morris or, yeah. you know, MPJ getting hunted on defensively, like they would be out yeah, the game, yeah. Barton would be in immediately. So they're very fortunate, fortunate uh, Will Barton didn't play in this game, but, uh, you know, they're going to handle it. They're the better team. Kawhi at the end of the day is still can lead this team, you know, over Denver. You know, he, he's he's good enough to where he can, you know, carry the nugget, the, the Clippers over Denver. So I, I got the Clippers, uh, you know, winning, but I'm very, I'm very, very concerned. I'm very concerned, I mean, uh, in terms of the fact that what I said that they were lacking has shown up again. You know, lack of interior defense, like I called in July. Yeah, defense, is, defense has been – they did on and off, and Zubak is off the floor. Yeah. The defense terrible. goes to almost the worst in the bubble when he's off the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they basically need Zubak, which is kind of back because, you know, AD plays Zubak off the floor. Oh, yeah, that's, but, about, that's, that's, that's coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. Coming soon, but it's like, you know, the, you know, like I, the, some of the errors I call from July, lack of interior defense, lack of playmaking. The lack of playmaking is so, is so evident. I mean, they go through stretches where it's just literally ISO. You know, PG, here you go. Kawhi, here you go. You know, they're very fortunate Kawhi has uh, significantly improved his playmaking because if he hadn't, it would be a lot more ugly. Like, it would be very ugly if he did yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on the playmaking thing. For me, I think we're saying the same thing. For me, it's guys aren't acknowledging their roles or their shortcomings because I'm watching late in these games when it gets tight. Just mm-hmm. everybody feels so free. Okay, it's my turn to try to be the hero. Right. My thing is, like, that is not going to work. It's just the shots that I'm watching – you know, Lou Will feels like he's a closer. You can tell in yes. his eyes, like, he, he feels like he's a closer. Like, the shots oh he takes, I'll be like, whoa, that is crazy that you feel comfortable wow. taking that. Uh, Trez, even down the stretch before he got pulled, was trying to, you know, do a lot yeah, with yeah, yeah. So it's like, my thing with this more so, I think I think for Kawhi, um, I don't know if he's, if we still know what's going to happen this season. Like, I, we both have the Lakers winning the championship, but my thing for Kawhi is he may have to be a little more vocal on this team than he's had to be in the past because. In the Spurs, you have Pop and the veterans who knew their role. Right. And in Toronto, you got a bunch of smart role players who understood that, okay, he's our guy. We're going to rally around him. And then Nick Nurse I, did too. And Nurse well. did, yeah. I don't necessarily understand, think that the Clippers understand that the ball needs to go through him in big situations all the time. Even if, even if he doesn't shoot, he just needs to touch his hand and see right. to generate a look. I don't think that I've seen it in the two games they lost in Dallas and the two games they lost, uh, lost this series. You just in those tight moments, you just don't see them. Okay, we need to get to number two and get a good look. There's no pecking order, and I think the Lakers have that. Like down the stretch, Brian, AD, if we kick it to you, then you shoot it. Anything right. else? No. Right. Oh, so, go ahead. Yo, I agree. I mean, that's why I told somebody. I said the thing with the Lakers, they ha- their role players aren't as talented, but they know their role, yes. and they're not yes. gonna overplay their role. And the only guy who was overplaying their role during the season has stopped doing that and has. As a result, he's flourished. Kyle Kuzma, he was the one who wasn't play, playing his role. He's figured out his role, and he's thriving in figuring out his role. So everybody on the Lakers know what they need to do. They know where their position in the, in the game. And so that's why, like somebody said, on paper the Clippers are better, but on the court, the actually on the court the Lakers are better because all the human stuff, all the basketball, you know, practice stuff that coaches talk about, the you know, the um, intangibles that coaches talk about, it shows up on the court. 
Lakers where it doesn't in the Clippers because you have so many talented guys. They think they can do what they want to do. And, you know, I always told you, I got on you all year about Lou Will, man. I told you about Lou Will. I don't believe. <laughs> and you're a person who agrees with me. I don't – you don't believe in small guards. So I was telling you, Lou Will is an old dude. Remember I said, he, remember I said he, he shouldn't close games for the Clippers. He's only going to be closing yeah. games. He's a, he's a small guard, and once again, well, it's his three-point percentage. Nine of 21 this year, he shot like 8% in the past eight games. It's terrible because he's a small guard. He's old. He should have no confidence to close out these games. Like, he should not be feeling at all, I need to take this shot. It should go to Kawhi 1 and PG 2. I don't care how bad PG plays. If, <laughs> if Kawhi doesn't have the ball, PG should get the ball next because these are your two guys. These are your two stars. You have to, li- you have to live and die with your two best players. You have, you have to can't go through basketball games thinking that, yay, man, like, I know you guys are the two two two, two dudes, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a closer, too. I'm a kick the No, you can't do that, man. Unless, unless you unless you score 30 in the first three quarters, you should not be trying to get shots up in the fourth quarter, right? Like, you should be going through your stars. Yeah, the Clippers have that problem. That's a coaching problem. That's Doc Rivers' problem. And, yeah, the, between that and then Trez being awful defensively, like – as well as Lou Will being awful defensively, they have some major problems. But I mean, it, they'll be able to beat Denver theoretically. They should mm, take yeah, care of it. I say the only thing is a trap game for me. The the I saw the Clippers were very bad and were really early games this season. So that was a thing. And then just those yeah. early games, those early Sunday games. Period. They're always kind of wonky. So that's why I was like, this it's a trap game tomorrow. They got to come out ready to play. So moving it's on. Just, so so we, we we you know I don't, we, let's say the Clippers do close and move on to the Lakers mm. Clipper matchup, the one that. All season, everybody's been clamoring for, uh, and we finally get it. Um, Just piggybacking off what you said a couple minutes ago, I I 100% agree about that stuff you said about knowing your role and understanding what you need to be doing. Uh, I think it speaks to the Lakers' built-up chemistry over the season, understanding they had everybody out there playing. The Clippers between load management and just getting injuries, I think they don't have the continuity that the Lakers have. I think that's going to be the biggest blow in the series. It's going to be a pick them to me talent-wise. Lakers are better at the top with AD and Brian, but I think the Clippers have their deeper roster with more talent spread across. Right. But I think that continuity that the Lakers have is going to push them over the top in either six or seven games. So just tell me what you think the keys of that series are and what you know what you think will happen. Well, first off, you know it's a big it's a big blow if Marcus Morris misses any type of time. That's right. His son, his, his son, his birth of his son, right? Birth of his son. Yeah, huge. He's been playing blow, great. He's been playing great. Like even 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 if somebody else floated this out that since him and Mark Keith are twins, Keith might follow him. Even if theoretically that happens, it's more of a blow to the Clippers for them to lose Marcus because he's basically been their at worst he's been their third best player in this sharpshooter, sharpshooter, like, sharp, out of his sharp mind. Sharpshooter, scoring, he can score in multiple ways. He's been a guy that can rely on to score when PG been in a drought, when Lou Will's in a drought. They can rely on Marcus Morris to kind of fill that gap scoring wise. If he doesn't play. That to me changed the whole dynamic of the series because I was I was under the mindset that you know Lakers is going to take care of this in six games, but you know PG does decide to that he remembers he's a superstar is going to be a seven game struggle. PG remembers he's a superstar is going to be a seven game struggle. But if Marcus Morris does not play, that that is dangerous. That is dangerous waters for the Clippers. That is very very dangerous. And I don't see it exceeding six games for them if Marcus Morris plays. But let me operate with the mindset that he's going to play. With the mindset that he's going to play, I think the Lakers have the advantage of, like you said, established roles. 
they now understand that they need to play Markeith more, I think that was very, very bad. That's bad news for the Clippers. Like, if Vogel was going into this and they beat the Rockets in six and they're still playing their two bigs with JaVale McGee in them, I think that would have gave the Clippers better chance to be able to, you know, abuse the starting lineup because the Lakers would be spotting them basically, you know, like a five-point, six-point advantage starting right, right, two right, bigs. Right. But the fact that Lakers have now seen – what happens when they start Marquise, that's bad because now the Clippers have no spot advantage from the beginning, right? You're going to be coming out the game. You're going to have to play the Lakers 48 minutes. Like, period point blank, you're not going to get any type of spot where it's you're going to have an advantage. You're going to be giving you points, especially because, you know, Rondo has shown that he just didn't care about the regular season. So Rondo is active. He's picking up dudes 94 feet, rotating. I mean, the thing with me that got me to really buy the plan for Rondo was his defense against Houston. I mean, this guy was really in James Harden's grill, picking this him up 94, not getting blown by at all. You know, making James Harden have to, you know, back him down. So he, like, Rondo was really a pest defensively, kind of showing what he, how he was in Boston. So if he gets in Lou Will's grill, I mean, Whew, man, he's going to make life hell for those guys who already struggle at playmaking as is. He's going to make their lives hell. And, you know, somebody else is going to be big, Caruso. Like I said, Caruso's come off. He's played Dame. He's played Russ. He's played CJ. He's played Harden. He don't care who he's seeing at this point. He's got, easy. He's got, he's got Pat Bev and Lou Will, so it's easy to match up. <laughs> he's re- I mean, Caruso is ready to literally just sit on whoever – they have that guard right now. Reggie, Lou Will, it don't matter who. He's going to sit on any of them because he just came off playing the all-NBA guards. Yeah, seeing, seeing, him hit, seeing him hit a couple threes, too, was good, too. The late in the series, yeah. seeing him knock down a couple threes, that was big as well. So I, yeah, I, I like he, to see that. Yeah, he, he got his defense going, He got and he adjusts defense. He got his shot going. So the Lakers going to be big, and they're going to have the advantage in continuity. They're going to have the advantage in size. AD's hitting his mid-range. Bron is taking his mid-range like I anticipate he would in Houston to gear up. You kind of see with Brian, he's building up. You know, in the first round, he didn't want to exert, didn't want to take any mid-range at all. The second round, he was taking his turnarounds. He was taking his pull-up midi inside. He was being more aggressive driving. And then, you know, you saw AD, his mid-range still keep flying. So, Lakers is hitting on all cylinders. But, you know, the Clippers, they still have a better talent advantage on paper. So, you know, guys like Reggie, guys like Shamit. You know, guys like Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green's a tough defender. He can hit the three. He can defend big. He can defend on the I wonder why he doesn't play more. I, 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 get, I get lost in why he doesn't see the floor more. That's crazy. If, if I was Doc Rivers, first of all, I would be playing Trez 15 minutes a game, and I would give his other minutes to Jermichael Green. I wouldn't be playing Trez any more than 15 okay, minutes. Okay, so we're on the same page with that. Okay. I'm being, yeah, I'm being desperate. I would not be playing Trez more than 15 minutes a game if I played Blake. I would be playing Jermichael Green and Zubak at all, all times because, you know, he needs to defend AD. Yeah, but you know that was a good point that you know, and it's fair because you know we both don't work in the league, but they understand yeah. the, the political aspect of it. Right. I think we we dealt with this with Rondo playing so bad earlier in the season, right. watching the Lakers. The LA LA Clippers film, actually, he's a solid follow. Even if you, if you just like basketball, like right. he's a solid follow. He made a good point. Was like everybody can see that Trez should not be playing on the same floor as Jokic right now. Everybody who watches the game can see it. But you gotta understand, he's more six man of the year. He played 30, 28, 30 minutes a game all season. Right, right. It's tough for Doc to go to him and be like, "Can't play this series after all you did in his life." So it's like, and, right. and, and I understand that part of it. Knowing, like, knowing a few guys who play in the NBA, like the politics do a, are a lot in the sport. I, I, we Huge. can't deny that. And so it's tough to navigate that. At the same time, I've seen great coaches 
put guys on the bench when needed to. Like I remember Popovich, he would take Manu out to start the lineup if it suited the matchup, uh, you know, in, in situations. Uh, Phil Jackson put Robin on the bench that last playoff run in Chicago. Yeah, so it's I mean, like we just got off talking about Harden, Mikael benched Harden yeah, so it's in like the game yeah. six, and they came back and yeah. they won the series. So yeah. you know, I mean, at some point you gotta just do what it takes to win. Like yeah. you trying to win, you just gotta do what it takes to win. Like, and that requires you know, like Jermichael Green needs to be seen the floor against the Lakers for the Clippers because he plays. He he doesn't take looks away from their two stars. He plays off their two stars to space the floor, and he helps them defensively. Yes. So it's like he needs to play. He has to play. And, like, he's very talented. I wish the Lakers were, were would have signed him. That would have been a huge pickup for the Lakers to sign someone like Green before the year. But he has to play. Um, you know, and, and it's like they have to they have to limit they have to limit Lou Williams, and they have to limit Trez. I know it's hard because of what they've given you. Their they they were your identity before. Kawhi and PG got there, but there's a reason why our, the highest you got with them was a first round exit because they're not <laughs> right. that good. They're not that good. I'm sorry, they're not that good. Great role guys, great regular season guys, but it's winning time now. You know what I mean? You have like I told people, don't matter how nice your offense is, you can't play defense, you will not be playing in the playoffs because you will be hunted every single time, every single time. Because the thing with offense, unless you're a superstar like Joe Kidd, or unless you're a superstar like Curry or somebody like that. Your offense is not going to be going every game. Like, you know, Bob you know, Myers talked about it when the playoffs, the two feet that you're accustomed to seeing in the regular season is two inches in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. gets taken away. Your first move is gone. You know what I mean? Like, the playoffs is just so different. Your offense is is gone. So you have to play defense to, to be a positive on the floor. Like, you have to. Because if you don't play defense, you get hunted. You get hunted and your team gives up points. Next thing you know, your team's down 15. And it's over, season over. It's over, it's season over. So it's like you can't have guys who are going to be negative on, on defense and then they're going to be inconsistent on offense play. So for the Clippers, they're going to have to make some big coaching changes. I think out of pride, they will A, play better defense, and B, make those coaching changes because they don't want to get embarrassed for the Lakers. I mean, they built their whole offseason to beat the Lakers. I think out of pride they will do what they have to do to make this series competitive and make this be a six-game series. I'm banking on their pride to make the proper adjustments because I have to be honest with you, if I'm just going off what they've shown me. It's a five- to six-game series for the Lakers. They're just great. They're just much better. But I don't believe, and I argue with one of my boys on here, that he's saying that I'm being a stand for LeBron. He was saying that he was telling me that the Clippers have pride, so I'm going to honor that because it's true. The Clippers do have pride. They do want to get up for the Lakers. And I do believe they will show up for that series and do what they need to do to make this a competitive six potentially seven game series. So. Yeah, I got Lakers in six or seven same year. Yeah, so so I, think, I, I think yeah, I think the other big issue you mentioned a few minutes ago was the Clippers have to decide or watch the film and decide right. the scheme a certain way. Is their defense is best when Zubak is on the floor. But in this particular matchup it's gonna be rough for him going against Anthony Davis. So I think that's another thing I have to manage as far as going through that series because you know that's just tough. Your best of your 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 linchpin defender is is a tough match is is, is a tough matchup for him, but without him, you're such a bad defense. So they have to manage that throughout the series. That's the I, think have, I think they have to go back to that first bubble game they played against the Lakers. I think they have to go back because I think in that I know they're playing heavy Jamichael Green minutes, and I think they might have played Patterson in in, in that game. If I'm not mistaken, they might have played a lot of Patterson minutes. They have to go back the defense they played in that first bubble game. That's the defense they need to use all series because they at you know. 
the you know the, they were getting clamped. You know the Lakers were sitting on them. The Lakers were playing great defense, but they were playing great defense. I mean, that was, was a great just, game. That was a great. If I get six of those, I'd be a happy fan. I get six yeah, of those, I'd be a happy fan. It was a true defense. I mean, they were both clamping each other. I was like, okay, this is the Clippers team. You know that we thought. You know that was a Clippers team that we we expected to see throughout the year. We saw that that game. We like this is the type of game we expected. Two heavyweights. You know, locking each other, making big plays. You know, role players are making big plays everywhere. You know, role players are hitting big shots everywhere here and there. The star players had to were getting struggle. You know, LeBron didn't even have a good game. You know, Kawhi was getting sat on. You know, it was a really good game. I'm like, the Clippers can't compete. I absolutely agree. But will they do what they need to do to compete? Because in that first bubble game, who didn't play? Trez and Lou Will. That's why they were so good defensively. That's why they were you're clamping on LeBron, sitting on LeBron, sitting on AD, because you know Trez Lou Will did not play, so LeBron couldn't get into rhythm. He couldn't hunt any of those guys. He had to you know feed off AD. He had to find the role players. He had to really play smart hoop because they were playing great defense. To put Trez and Lou Will. Man, I think the one, the one, the one adjustment I'll say, Doc May. At least I saw it in Dallas. I'm not seeing as much as Denver. He stopped switching with Lou Will on the floor. He got lazy with it against Denver, and then you caught you got Jamal Murray catching Lou Will as these isos. Right. But he stopped switching against Dallas because Luca was just tearing that behind up off them switches. So he yeah. finally said, "Just fight through." So we'll see what happens, man. But yeah, we we both got the Lakers in six or seven. Let's um let's move east now. I gotta give you, I gotta uh, give you, I gotta give you your props because uh, one of the few guys who said from the jump without even seeing a single playoff game just based on what you saw all season, you said Miami is going to the conference finals. They got a legit shot at the NBA finals. The playoffs came, they swept, swept Indiana easy, and then took out the sixty bucks on pace for sixty sixty five wins. Seven wins in the regular season. Yeah, took them out in five. You saw it early. Um, Tell me what you saw in that Miami Heat team and what makes them so dangerous in the playoffs. Man, dangerous. Whew. I, I I was questioning myself earlier. I said, do I want the Lakers to play the Heat or the Celtics? <laughs> I, I was kind of like, man, Brad Stevens is Bron's son. I'd rather take Stevens, honestly, <laughs> because, because the Heat are well coached. My goodness, Coach Bo, best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. Coach Bo is a mastermind film. Start in the film room and yep, you see yep. it, man. You see it with these – with these game plans, it's just to the film. He's he's playing everybody's weakness. I mean, when you saw in the regular season when they played the Lakers, he was zoning. LeBron was like, man, LeBron was like he was playing Dallas in 2011 when they were playing the the Miami Heat. Like he put that zone out there, and LeBron was fucking spooked. <laughs> you know, what I mean, Pat's trying to figure out how to break it down, passing it to AD and the inside. Like Coach Bo, if you have a weakness, Coach Bo will exploit it, and you better be able to counter it because he is not going to let you be comfortable at all. At on, and they have the players to do it. I mean, they had Jimmy, they had Bam, they had shooters galore. I mean, Tyler Hero, stud, sniper. Robinson, sniper. You know, Crowder is back to hooping big time. He's he's a sniper now. He's hitting threes. I was like, Crowder got his jumper back? Yeah, he got his jumper back now. So he's hitting threes again. So he's back to, you know, being three and D truly. And he can play the four. He's a tough dude. He's physical. He he has he has he minds no problem playing that four spot. You know, even though he's a true wing, he has no problems playing that four spot. And they got playoff Dre. I mean, Iguodala. Just just like some of the plays he was making the Bucks game. Like this is why he's a champion. This dude is yeah. so smart. 
such a crafty player offensively. I mean, he he has weakness on, on offense, but he finds a way to minimize them and to be effective. He's always making a good pass. He's always taking the shot he knows he needs to take. He's You know what I mean? He's always slowing it down when he knows he needs to slow it down. I mean, Spo was putting out, like, none, hero, bam, DJJ, or, like, Olenek, and he'd have Dre out there with him, and Dre would be the guy to take the ball. You know, if it was too frantic, he'd take it, slow it down, re-dribble it, and reset, run the yeah. That's the type yeah. of veteran leadership Dre brings. He's a championship player, I mean. And then 3 a.m., what do we have to say at 3 a.m., man? He's going to do it both ends of the floor, take the challenge both Jimmy. ends. Jimmy. Jimmy Butler, that's a true player's player. There's a reason why Kawhi called him second after he called Kevin Durant. Jimmy Butler is well-respected among the real stars of the NBA. You know, LeBron never talks not, nothing bad about Jimmy Butler. He has nothing but respect for Jimmy Butler. People on Twitter, whatever, they they think all his his hard work stuff is corny, but the superstars know who Jimmy Butler is. Yep, I was just about to say that. Yep. That hard work is known around the league. He does not play. He's about hoop. He is serious about that hoop. If you as a player, you have no choice but to respect that because that's how you're supposed to be. You know, that's how you're supposed to play. Jimmy Butler gives his all. He's a real star that fits their culture. They have the culture of Pat Riley about doing it both ends of the floor. And one of the things that impressed me the most, because we all know Goran Dragic is filthy offensively. I mean, he can do it two hands, left, right, finish, you know, pass, score, shoot. Dragic, Hero, and Robinson, guys who people think, our defensive liabilities. No, they, can defend. they can defend. They're they can defend. They can defend. Ass. They're moving, rotating. Robinson surprised me. Robinson surprised yeah, me. Robinson. He's, actually, he's a serviceable defender. He's a serviceable he defender. I was really shocked. I was like, this is why none don't see the floor because Robinson actually tries on defense. Yeah. Like, he actually tries to defend and rotate. And, and to have your young guys like Hero Robinson, even none when he's on there, even if he's not scoring, he's playing know his best defense he can to have all your guys buy into that defense that speaks to the coaching of coach Spo what he demands from his players he demands you to to play defense on a string and to give your all and you know they all played the coach Spo match they're a dangerous team they're a very dangerous team if they get a true superstar who man yeah. I'm looking forward to that 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 series man watching that 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 wing Royal Rumble play you got Crowder, Crowder Iggy and Jimmy and you got Tatum uh, Tatum Jared. Brown, Gordon Hayward was talking about coming back. Yeah, Hayward, he win play for your behind. <laughs> that is a win play for your behind, and I think that's the that's the future of the league right there, pretty much. That that wing spot who can play two through four when necessary. So, but I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, so, Absolutely. what do you have? What, what do you have with that series? What do you have with that series? Man, I've been going back and forth. <laughs> I, when they when the series happened, I was like, man, I, don't, I honestly don't know who who would win it because it was like for me, Boston has terrific wings that play both ways. Yes, Jalen yes. Brown plays both ways. Tatum plays both ways. Marcus Smart, first team all defense, defensive play. Honestly, if, if in a real in a real, you know, well thought out and well orchestrated defensive player of the year voting, he should have been the runner up to A D because honestly Marcus Smart is a defensive player of the year player. One through and four. <laughs> one through four. And then you have Kemba Walker who's who's playing that veteran role. I mean Kemba Walker is a guy who was taking how many shots? Twenty plus shots shooting makes scoring twenty five. He's found himself a new role that he's enjoying, you know, scoring off these wings, passing, facilitating, setting him up, and he's thriving in that role. He's ha- he's happy he don't have to do everything. Like, you know, he came from having to do it all. He's he's ecstatic he don't have to do it all. So, you know, I mean, they have a great team, and I kind of told everybody because I had them in five in the rap against the Raptors, and honestly, they should have been in five. But testament to nursing them, their tough championship DNA, they pushed that to seven to the end. So. Shout out to them, but I had them in five because 
they're a de- great defensive team, and they have too much offense to go with that defense. I mean, That's crazy how one one defensive rotation pushed that series to seven. Put one defensive <laughs> one defensive rotation. People will come on NBA Twitter and act like coaching no matter. Brand, Z, Brand Stevens ran a zone when he shouldn't have ran a zone, and then that series went seven instead of five. Yeah. <laughs> like one right. coaching error made the series go seven instead of being done in five. Like that should show you that coaching matters in this NBA. You know what I mean? Like coaching, big, you know, big playmaking. Because Kyle Lowry made a hell of a pass to OG, and you know, at the end of the day, it's a make or miss league. OG made the shot, so you know the the Celtics have the recipe: defense, big time shot makers. And, you know, they need Hayward for the series because one of the things Nurse did, and we kind of were DMing about this, was that Nurse took Kemba out the game and the Celtics were frantic. Because yeah, the playmaking Kemba, was gone. Playmaking was gone. Yeah, Kemba's their primary playmaker. I mean, he, he's their primary passer. He's the guy who's going to help get guys up. That's a leap Tatum and Brown haven't made. That's why I told somebody, and I think when I put that out there, that is Jason Tatum better than – Luca, the consensus was that, you know, Tatum's on his level, but we're going to take Luca because that playmaking aspect, you know, that's so big in today's NBA. The ability to playmake and to keep defenses honest, that's so huge. And you saw what happens when Nurse took that away from Boston. All of a sudden, it went from almost 3 0 to 3 3. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, I was like, you take, I think you take uh, Tatum as leaps and bounds ahead of Luca defensively, but Luca just as a playmaker. He controls the tempo of a game. I think LeBron's mm-hmm. the only guy who does it better, and Luka's only 20, right. 21. Right. Only LeBron controls the pace of a game better, and that's crazy for him to say that at age 20, right? Right. No, I mean, that's that, literally, it's literally the playmaker. Everybody, when they think about Tatum and Luka, they're like, you know, Tatum, arguably you could say is a better scorer because he can shoot. You can shoot better, and, he, and he's definitely leaps and bounds uh, defensively. But like we said, that playmaking, that finishing, that playmaking, man, from Luka – it matters, and you saw it in that Boston, uh, that Raptors, uh, Celtics series. That once that playmaker was gone, it was a it was a struggle for Boston. I mean, they were they're looking ugly. So, uh, Spo is going to do the exact same thing, and this is why I told people because people are like, you know, without Hayward, they said the core looked better. I'm like, yeah, their numbers look better, but they need Gordon Hayward. It's not efficient. It's not efficient offense either. Go yeah, Gordon Hayward is still a talented player. It was, it was like those things where people were like, in 2015, people were like, well. McCabe's defense was better when Love didn't play. I'm like, well, you need Kevin Love because at the end of the day, he's still a talented player. He still spaces the floor, and he gives you another body in the playoffs where you're playing short rotations. You want to have another capable player who's going to make your life easier. That's what Gordon Hayward does for the Celtics. He makes their life easier because guess what? You take him out the game, Gordon Hayward can playmate. So now you know, Tatum and Brown don't have to worry about playmaking because if you take out Kemba, guess what? Now we have Gordon Hayward. Yeah, you won't see you you won't see a boxing one with with uh, Hayward there. They wouldn't. They, you wouldn't saw yeah. have seen that yeah. boxing one. Yeah. You won't because Hayward will eat that up and he'll play off his wings and you know get to the rim or try and you know set Jalen Brown and Tatum up. So that's why you need players like that. You know we fall in love with the fact that we want certain guys to get certain numbers and to to look good. But you gotta remember basketball is a team game, man. It's a team game, and if you have capable players, you need to be playing those players because it's about winning at the end of the day. It's not about if your core look good. All right, man. I'm holding your feet to the fire. Who you got? You got you got the you got the uh, you got the uh, Celtics or the Heat? I mean, you got to give me one. I told my I told my boy a Celtics says Heat fan. I told him I mean, I'll take Miami in seven. I saw right, Miami in seven. Um, so we so you Miami got you got you got the Laker Heat finals. I got the Laker Heat finals. Coach Bo versus Bron. You know, I I, I think you know I, I get why people want the C's and, and the Lakers, but it's I think history, like, history, history, history. We want that. That's the series I want. But my mind is telling me Miami will win this in seven. 
and we're going to get Braun versus Bo. And, you know, as a fan of Braun, as a fan of Hoop, Braun versus the Lakers versus Celtics, Braun versus Bo is storylines anyway. Either one, either one is great. Either way is a storyline because you get LeBron versus the Miami Heat. You get LeBron versus Bo, LeBron versus Riley. You know, and there's going to be wing plays for that, too. It's going to be a great series either way, man. We're, we're in treat for a great finals, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glad. You know, I wanted Giannis, but I feel I definitely feel like the Seas and the Heat will give us a better series because than what the Bucks would have would have gave us because we know how Bud is and we know how that gimmicky stuff is. We we want real basketball. And, and the yeah. Heat and the Celtics, they play real basketball. That's what we want to see. All right, man. So there y'all have it. Got you got you got Kings, bro. His uh his prediction. You got the uh, Lakers, Miami. I'm still undecided. Let me see here. Yeah, I, need another, I, need, I, need, I need another week before I give it to you. Let me watch a couple games it's first. Because my Easter cop, my my, my Easter Conference pick was completely wrong. I had Raptors yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, the Heat turned everyone on their heads, man. So it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Both teams is great. It's yeah. tough. Sorry, right, y'all. Hit that follow subscribe button on the podcast that you guys for tapping in again I'm, I'm so appreciative and the numbers keep going up every week is because of guests like this that come in and talk real basketball me without the noise of the timeline so give me do me a favor follow it's kingsborough on twitter he's a solid follow knows a lot about the game he's more so in the film than analytics which is what i love he, he does use both but we eye test over here first baby turn the film on first has to have to man are <laughs> you getting people or you get people saying that Aaron Donald's not a run stopper. Come on, man. They're they, they crazy with these analytics, bro. They're killing me right now. All right. Last question. Who your, who your Timberwolves taking in the first round? Who you want? <sighs> who do I want, man? Just take Edwards. Take Edwards. <laughs> take available, bro. Take <laughs> best available. Best available. If you can't trade it for no star, take the best available, man. Got you. All right, man. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Follow both of us on Twitter. Hit that follow subscribe button in the podcast, and we are out of here. Peace yes, out. Sir. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.